welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and today I have with me Brian Croft, who is kind of a new friend. Uh, I only just met Brian very recently, but he's uh, kind of come to help model with mission a bit, come to know what we've done here. Um, so, hey, Brian, thanks for joining us. Hey, Adam. Good to be with you. Yeah. Um, so, Brian, you do a lot of work um, with pastors, um, you know, practical shepherding, uh, training pastors, and talking about, you know, health of pastors as well um and today i want to talk to you about about you know pastors being stressed out burnt out and know what we can do about that um but before that maybe there's some of our guests or some people who are listening who don't know who you are so why don't you just introduce yourself tell us who you are where you're from and what you do yeah so i am i live in louisville kentucky in the u.s and i have i'm married to Kara for 25 years we have four kids and um ages 20, 20, or 22, 20, 17, and 15. And I've been a pastor for the last 25 years. Uh, the last 17 years, I was pastor of Auburndale Baptist Church here in Louisville, Kentucky. And a lot of my ministry is tied to the story of what happened at our church. The short version is, is I went into a dying church, um, about 30 elderly folks left. There was a couple of years from closing and went there, hoping the trust in the word would, would build the church. And preaching the word and loving people and shepherding souls and those kinds of things. And I went in and it was a really rough place. There were five or there were three different movements to get me fired in the first five years of the church. Really? Um, really? Threats of violence against me. Um, and it's in those five years where my own personal health really took a, it took its toll on that. And that's where I began to discover the, the unique stresses that come with ministry when you go through hard times in ministry and then what it actually does to you personally what it does to you physically so uh, but in year six of, of my ministry there god just turned the church around and the church flourished for the next decade that's that's of course a much longer story but i, I just give that as part of my background I, it's, it's a pretty um uh, tremendous story just what god did in our church including the people who are trying to get me fired in the first five years actually stayed at the church and they became in, incredibly close to me God just redeemed our relationships. And so that's a big part of my story too. But I share all that because of the, the, the conversation about, you know, burnout and our personal health as pastors is all tied, you know, to that. So we can get into that if you'd like, but I lead practical shepherding, which started actually in those, in those early years as well, just training young guys in my church for pastoral ministry and in the practical aspects of ministry. And the ministry has just grown and grown for the last decade to where last year, uh, I went full time with practical shepherding and I transitioned from my church. So that's what I do now out of my, I lead practical shepherding full time. I also lead the church revitalization center at Southern seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, as another side thing that I, that I do. So yeah, but practical shepherding is my main focus of ministry now. Yeah. I mean, that, that's great. I, I feel, <laughs> I feel so many aspects of that. I mean, here at model mission, I mean, we're training men and women in the ministry, um, you know, as part of our internship program is to hopefully allow them to figure out what God is calling them to, whether it's, you know, uh, vocational ministry for, for the men. And if that's like, you know, uh, church planter or pastor, uh, for the women, you know, was, was ministry look like, or, you know, am I called somewhere else, but just to give them that, you know, hands-on training and what that looks like. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I, I actually have some experience as well, being uh, having a bit of a hard go at uh, my first position. Um, but really? uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it was really so that that hits home that someone you know uh, took that upon themselves. And it's amazing testimony that those people who wanted you fired um, stuck around or, and are so invested in that church after. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, let, let's let's move on. This, that's that's fantastic. Um, but we hear a lot about pastors being stressed out, burnt out. You know, um, ministry itself is basically a twenty four seven job. You don't get to go home and leave your work at the office. If someone um, shows up at your door at eleven o'clock at night with an issue, you're there to deal with it. If you get a call at two a.m. or you know five o'clock on a Sunday evening, right in the middle of supper or something, and someone's dying. Well, you know, you, you gotta, you drop and you go and you help that family and you serve. And, um, but that can be very hard and trying on people. And sometimes we don't know what we're getting into. Um, so it's great to see a ministry who it does working to train men to, you know, basically prepare to what you're getting into. Seminary doesn't tell you <laughs> all of these things, right? Um, no, it so, doesn't. So, you know, I, I, I went on a bit there, but what do you think, um, that pastors, so often are you know being stressed out and burnt out i think it's uh, there's i mean there's many reasons but some of the key reasons i believe are because ministry is just uniquely hard and that's that's before the pandemic hit so you know i mean it's a it's a costly sacrificial calling uh you're you're shepherding souls pastors are called to shepherd the flock uh mm-hmm. from first peter five and, you know, that entails really giving your life to it and to the service of others. So you're not just ministry causes a pastor to carry his, his own burdens of his own life. And then you add to that the burdens of his flock that he carries with them. And that's just a unique way to live your life. And I think it, there's only so many guys who have a capacity to carry that for so long. Mm-hmm. So the stats that, that we work with often is that there's that 50% of pastors don't make it five years and 80% don't make it 10 years. And those are some staggering numbers. But the reason those numbers exist, those aren't shocking to me. Because a lot of times, like you said, guys get in, they don't realize how hard it's going to be, or they it just it's different than what they thought. And they realize they only have a few years to to function in that kind of in that kind of work. So I think it's part of it is just the calling of it. But I have to add one of the main reasons I think burnout's happening in a lot of pastors now, regardless whether you're in a pandemic or not, is pastors don't know how to take care of themselves. Mm. Pastors don't know how to rest. Pastors don't know how to take time to to let someone else care for them and feed their souls and nurture them. And so pastors who don't know how to do that, the illustration I, I typically use is, you know, pastors like a take a a jar, you know, a cup of water that is constantly pouring out. You're pouring out yourself for other people. If you don't have something in your life that fills that cup back in, what burnout is in my mind, Adam, Adam, burnout is that cup is empty and you're not doing anything to fill it back up. So all of a sudden you're trying to continue to pour out and there's nothing in there. Mm -hmm. And bad things happen in any of our lives when we try to, when we try to serve others from that capacity. And I think that's the number one reason I see burnout pastors. They don't, they're not aware of what's going on internally in their own soul. So they just keep grinding and doing what they're doing and they eventually crumble. Yeah. Until you get to that point when you're like, okay, something is wrong here, right? You usually don't see the signs until it's, it's, it's a pretty serious issue. Yeah. One of, one of the reasons we do what we do at practical shepherding caring for pastors is, I mean, 
Adam pastors do what they do because we're convinced that every Christian needs a pastor to shepherd them and care for them. Well, who pastors the pastors? You know, who, who shepherds the pastors? Pastors are sheep too and need care from someone else. And most, most pastors do not have that anywhere. So that's another problem is that pastors need to realize they've got to go find that care from somebody else. And if they don't, that's usually what leads to a quick burnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, growing up here and now again, I grew up in a different denomination, um, which which I love, you know, no hard feelings, no bridges burned. Uh, But growing up, it was never like this. It was never really explained about this weight of pastoring. It was always like, you know, yeah, you're definitely called the ministry. Go to Bible college, right? And you're kind of shoved off down there. And even in, in Bible college or seminary, you're not really told or taught like the, the weight that you're going to bear and how to manage that with your own family issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, it's, it's just something I think we need to address it, right? Like, you know, you need to know that there is a real weight to pastoring. Yeah. I'm convinced the best way to prepare for ministry isn't necessarily seminary Bible college, which by the way, I'm, I'm a big fan of, I serve at a seminary and it, it, but is the being mentored by another pastor. I think that is the best way to prepare for what ministry is really going to be is for an old, a pastor a little older than you or a lot older than you who's got more experience than you to just take you under his wing and teach you about what ministry is all about, teach you about what, what you, pastoring a church is all about. I think that's the best preparation for the actual practice of ministry. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, uh, in, in my uh, first year of internship here with Mawa Mission, I mean, I came out of a completely different domination, only knew uh, Steve Bray, our director, for like maybe a couple months. Uh, and he gave me like my first little big project. And I very quickly learned some lessons on how to communicate and how not to communicate with people Yeah. Um, and how to solve those issues. Yeah, um, sure. But it was that mentoring, right? Be able to go into his office and, you know, he, he was able to explain to me, okay, here's where you were wrong. Like, here's where you can ask better questions and like how to manage that. And uh, right. it's been great to have that mentor. It's something that I you know I didn't have before. So I can completely yeah, agree with you hundred percent. Um, so if, if pastors have a great responsibility, what are some things that they can do so they don't end up, you know, being stressed or burnt out or coming to the end of the rope where like, I can't do this anymore? Yeah, good question. I'll, I'll just give you guys some bullet points, I think, because um, there's a lot of things you could say here. Have regular rhythms of rest in your schedule. So as you said earlier, a pastor's life is 24 mm-hmm. seven. You don't ever clock out. So <clears throat> we have to build in time to rest from it which can be time off, vacations, a day off during the week, I think is crucial for every pastor and then to honor it. So I think just having some breaks times where you can actually, and not just take the break, you have to learn how to let go of the burden for that time. So you can go on a, you can go on a two week vacation, but that doesn't mean you're going to rest. Mm. You know, as a matter of fact, it might torment you because you're wondering what in the world's going on at church. I don't know anything that's going on. And so <laughs> there's actually a, practice you have to learn how to let go of the burden so that's one thing the second is you've got to do things to care for yourself so how do you eat exercise how much sleep you get I think all those things really matter in helping us to be able to persevere in in this work Um, pastoral friendship I think that's really big a lot of pastors don't have any friends they're very lonely they feel isolated and so one of the ways to help with this I think is is relationships meaningful friendships with other pastors in particular, the guys who know what you're going through. And so, yeah, there's just a few bullet points of things that I have found make a huge difference in guys in pastors lives when they will, when they will engage in those things. Mm-hmm. 
actually, um, just to be a bit candid here, I had a bit of a moment last week, a rough week last week with my mental health, like, you know, just a lockdown, yeah. um, not being in an office with a window. So uh, I've made steps, you know, go out into where there's sunlight and stuff. Um, but uh, one of the big thing is that relational aspect where I have men and women here in the office, you know, our women's ministry director is fantastic. Um, and, but I can go to them and she, she's actually a biblical counselor, but you know, they can give me resources, but I can go to them and be like, yeah, this is how I'm feeling. Or even have yeah, guys but- who can, you know, say like, yeah, you're off today, right? They have be able to have that relationship with someone who can come to you and say, you know, what's on the go. Talk to me. Yeah. And, and somebody can sit and just listen, you know, again, just connecting with another human being is very underestimated in many of our circles. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what, what are some things that congregation members can, can do? Because, I mean, you don't always see the signs in your pastor, right? You don't always see the signs that your pastor is stressed out or they're struggling. Um, oftentimes, it's probably when pastors are guilty of wearing probably, you know, their masks the most is when they're Sunday mornings and they're up in front of everyone and preaching. And uh, so what are some things that people can do who attend churches for their pastors? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that come to mind. One is just to be mindful. This this work is uniquely hard. And just because you may not see it in your pastor doesn't mean that it's not affecting him the way it affects pretty much everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I think just be mindful of that to 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 trust what I'm, you know, to to trust that when pastors say this is or you hear me say who work with pastors like this is uniquely hard. This is uniquely strained uh, uh, work to do. So to just be sensitive to that is what I would say. And that doesn't mean you don't ask anything of your pastor. That just means be mindful he's a human being. And to maybe just honestly, and as you go to him asking him to do that one thing for you, to maybe take a moment, just say, by the way, how, how are you doing? How, how are things going? That pastor can choose to share and open up as much or as little as he wants. But at least just for a pastor to hear a congregational member acknowledge, you're human. I want to ask how you're doing actually can, can, mean, can mean a lot. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is, is to just be proactive to go to your pastor and say, uh, hey, is there anything I can do to help you? Is there anything I can do to, to serve you? Thank you. And to encourage him. Thanks for the thanks for the way you serve us as a congregation. I mean, those kind of encouraging words matter so much to a pastor who generally feels alone and isolated and probably and probably underappreciated as a whole in the church. And so a congregation member to go and encourage him. And, and even look for ways to, you know, to serve some of the most meaningful relationships I had in the church were people who were mindful to actually want to try to reach out and care for me. I may say there's nothing they can do, but just that gesture meant a lot. Yeah, it, it really does. It, and it can feel so lonely as a pastor, right? Um, it's hard to find sometimes other pastors who you feel you can confide in and trust, and they're not going to spread it around. Or you do wonder sometimes, like, do do any of the congregation members really know what's going on am i their great hero or am i their great you know the one that can't do any wrong and uh it's stressful man Mm -hmm. yeah it really is and that that's why pastoral friendship i think is so crucial is that a pastor can have other friendships but when he tries to share with them what the burden is like that he carries uh it's hard for somebody who's not a pastor to to understand that i mean that's true with a lot of unique uh, works and things but but with pastors for sure yeah, part of my goal for uh, downtown, so I'm planting in downtown St. John's. Oh, good. Um, very, very, very early. So we started in um, October. Uh, so, you know, we're only a few months into it. Uh, we got a handful of people who come to a Bible study in my living room, and I, I love them. I love them to death. 
mm-hmm. but uh, one thing I'm trying to reach out to is uh, the other clergy in the area and yep. create a bit of a brotherhood there. I mean, I got it here in the office, but I'm not always going to be here in my one mission, right? Yep. I'll right. have those friendships for a lifetime, but uh, as for people who are pastoring around me, I need to be start building in them there. And to be honest, there's no brotherhood really here in Newfoundland, Labrador, right? Mm-hmm. It's very territorial, very like you're in, these are my people, this is my spot. You might only have 50 people coming to your church, but don't you dare start a church up the road or anything, right? This is my, this is my area. Sure. Um, yeah. So it's breaking down those barriers and being like, no, like we, we can work together on certain things. We can talk, we can trust each other, right? Like I know what you're going through. Yeah, that's right. That's again, that's a good effort you, for you to be making. It's great. So uh, what kind of effect have you seen COVID have on people? I mean, yeah, we, like burnout has been an issue before this, but no doubt COVID has kind of um, had an impact more on people. Like, have you, have you seen any uh, or heard any more reports of pastors like, you know, burning out or being stressed out? Like what kind of things have you come across? Yeah, there's a <clears throat> there's a, a massive amount of pastors who are quitting the ministry over, uh, over during this time, and a lot of it has to do with really the unique challenges that's come with COVID, from the the disagreements around you know vaccines, the disagreements around masks, the disagreements around. At least I'm coming from a context in the United States where there's a there's a lot of debate and disagreement, you know, yeah. around around these kind of things. And I think that what it has done is it's it, it's exposed division in a church that already existed, mm-hmm. but was hard to see. And these, and at least in the States, between the, the volatile political atmosphere we walked through the last couple of years, and then the, you know, mask and no mask, vaccination, vaccination, all that stuff, and the disagreements that people had around that. Pastors were in a really tough spot to try to help people be unified in their disagreements. And pastors having to do that on top of having their own opinions about all this stuff that they can't share because it's going to divide people all that more. So they're trying to be this mediator between these two sides that are fighting over these issues that they shouldn't be dividing and fighting over. They should just try to figure out how to love each other in those, in those differences. And so I think that has just exhausted pastors. You've got obviously churches that lost people and they never regained them back through this with all the online stuff that, that happened. And, so you have pastors who are, you know, trying to figure out what to do with missing people. Um, some churches were affected financially more than others around this. Uh, some weren't because people just gave, continued to give, even though they weren't, they weren't there. Yep. But there's a lot of churches two years later, there's a lot of churches that look very different than they did um, before. And I think pastors are in a way grieving. Uh, their church is just kind of radically changing over all of this that's happened. Many of them didn't get a lot of time off through that. They felt like they had to stay around. And uh, of course, you I mean, to your point, the, when everybody was in lockdown, there was really nowhere to go. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, it was, there was a lot of unique challenges for pastors. And what we're seeing now is on the backside of that, there's a, there's a bunch of pastors like that are saying, yeah, I mean, this has just been too much. I'm done. And there's a mass amount of pastors who are quitting the ministry now. So uh, what, what are some things, um, like how can pastors take advantage of practical shepherding and like, what kind of resources do you have? Where, what can people, where people, where can people find you? Yeah. So the best way to find out about us is to go to practicalshepherding.com. That's our website and uh, all our, our info that's on there. We had a ton of content. So anything from, we have, you know, a couple hundred podcast episodes, we have articles. Uh, we have about, 25, 30 books in our resources. 
that you can get. That's really a core of, of uh, a lot of what we do. A new part of our ministry that's very exciting actually just <clears throat> launched or last month or so is a place called the Shepherd's House. It's a six bedroom log cabin on 180 acres that a ministry partner basically is giving us to use for most of this year to allow pastors to come and stay for free oh, wow. and get some help even while they come. This is a really exciting part. And this has been in the works for the last year and that's just launched. So you, you'll find the Shepherd's House link also on that website, really easy to click on that. And then you can go to the page and see, <clears throat> you get to see uh, all of what it is and explains what we're trying to do and how to come stay with us. So that's another thing we're providing. So in light of our conversation, Adam, I mean, that's one of the ways we're trying to address the issue. <laughs> if pastors can get to Louisville, Kentucky, we'll provide a place for you to stay. We actually provide a pastoral mentor from our ministry to meet with you mm -hmm. while you're there and to try to just, you know, address some of these areas of need that we've been talking about dude that's, that's so good i mean and yeah i mean people just don't realize sometimes that the help that it's it's okay for pastors to get help and pastors for themselves to realize because often again we're, we're the leader you know we're the you're the lead elder or something or you know even if you're the first among equals or, and all this stuff but it, you feel like it's so hard sometimes to let your guard down and but to have this place to go and be poured into um, especially after everything we've pastors have faced um, through this pandemic and everyone has faced uh, stress levels are high and anxiety is high, uh, but it's so yep. good to know that there are resources here. And I hope that uh, anyone listening, whether you're a pastor or, you know, you're a congregation member, these are some practical things that you can do for the people around you. Um, even reach out to your pastor, even reach out to other congregation members and just see how they're doing. Uh, but Brian, before we go, is there anything else that you you want to add to any pastors who might be feeling this or uh, even the congregation members who are like, yeah, I think my pastor might be stressed out? Well, I would say um, to create to try to create a rhythm of rest and someone caring for you. And if you don't have that, you can reach out to us. So that's another thing that there's a contact, uh, but there's a way to be able to contact us through the website. And we have, we have people in our ministry, other local church pastors that are available to be able to talk with you uh, if you need somebody to talk to. So we try to provide a service like that. We also provide it for pastor's wives, Adam. Okay, so we yeah. have a women's ministry attached to that as well. So there's ways to contact both. And that I would just encourage you to do that. Don't suffer alone. You, you won't last by yourself in the midst of all that. Okay. So, so good, man. Well, thanks, Brian. Thanks so much for uh, doing this with us. And I hope that uh, this information helps a lot of people. Yeah, I'm good to be with you. Thank you. All right. Take care, buddy. See you. See you. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.mileonemission.ca.